Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow. Welcome to this week's Tech Takeaways. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my uh, co-host, Wayne Miller. Hi. And Jason Fitzgerald. Howdy. Sorry, I sounded much, much less optimistic about you being here, didn't it? So much well, you've known sad. him longer. Yeah. yeah, I was like really excited Wayne was here. Yeah. yeah. It sounded less excited, but I'm not. I'm equally excited that we're all here. No, I'm equally excited. I- I'm excited to be here, if that helps. Uh, it, it does, yeah. This and is going to be the best episode yet, though. Excellent. Um, well, okay, so on this week's show, we are going to talk about... Um, actually, in last week's show, we talked about kind of the changing... Um, the changing world of hybrid work. So people were bringing people back to the office. What did, what did that mean? And actually, as part of that, we talked about how um, how the way the way our infrastructure has developed changes. You know, more people on Teams, stuff in the cloud, hybrid working. So some people will be working from home, some won't. And what that led to was a bit of a conversation, kind of between podcasts around. What does that mean in terms of infrastructure, particularly security infrastructure? Yeah. Um, with the um, and just because these two love the title. I mean, I, I don't really care. I can't believe you took so long to get to I know, it, I, you know, they, they, they love this title for me. I'm not really that bothered. Um, but they wanted to entitle this episode Beyond the Firewall. Oh, so, so good. Yeah, so here we, here we are, Beyond that, the Firewall. deep in a comms room, Beyond the Firewall? Uh, I, I really don't know. Um, but I think the topic's fascinating. I think the title needs work. We, we need, um, like, uh, remember Star Wars when it had all the writing in it? Yeah, that's what we need. I, on this I, one. I, I reckon Christopher Nolan's going to get onto this, and yeah. it's got to be a blockbuster. So, uh, so for anybody watching this now, what's going to happen is that we are going to tell this in three different timelines, and you're going to have to bring it all together at the end. I'm, I'm, I'm actually CGI. Uh, indeed. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we're doing this episode. Um, let's let's. Uh, so uh, this, this this car crash that we are currently witnessing. Why don't we just try just a little bit to bring that back on uh, on track? Um, when, when you said beyond the firewall, I was like, "What do you mean?" Thank you for that, Wayne. That's that's <laughs> as close as we're getting to bringing this back on track. So um, let's let's throw this to Jason uh, just okay. for laughs. CGI um, Jason. CGI yeah, Jason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, chat Jace GPT. Um, beyond firewall. Go on. So what, what's beyond firewalls? Why are we even having this chat? I I think the reason why we're having this chat is because the traditional way of securing networks has massively changed in the past three years. If we look at the traditional setup of a IT infrastructure, it's pretty much a walled garden with your network in there, you've got your firewalls controlling absolutely everything at the gateway. And that firewall controls essentially not, not everything in your network, but it acts as almost like a control device between your devices, your realm of control and the wider internet, which is completely out of control. It's the Wild West, isn't it? The internet. Um, but as, we, as we've as seen since COVID, you know, March 2020, lockdown and all that kind of stuff, the way that IT is delivered has changed massively. There is a growing expansion of cloud services. There is a change in a way that remote devices are managed and there's a change in a way that companies work. And so that original kind of um, architectural design of we're going to put a firewall in our network and everything's going to go through it. Well, how do we do that now? Because there's no central network to be able to funnel everything through because everyone's working from everywhere. So how do we control that? And there's, there's a couple of technologies that I think are driving that. Um, SASE being one of them, ZTNA being another. Um, so when we're when we're not when we're looking outside the firewall, what what are we actually looking at? 
Yeah, and I think you raise a really good point because actually one of the first things that we, you know, a kind of a constant thing actually that we heard in, so again, we roll back to March 2020, suddenly offices went from everybody in the office, corporate environment sat behind sat behind this thing where they were accessing servers, et cetera. I mean, people were already moving to cloud and stuff, you know, it's, that, 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 that wasn't solely driven by the pandemic, but lots of that stuff was accelerated yes. by that. But of course, what changed was that suddenly everybody went home they still had these services on prem, and people were trying to access them. So, what was the thing we was hearing? My firewall, and we had low. Uh, we mm-hmm. had a, a bunch of these projects right at the start, which was my firewall cannot cope with the amount of VPN connections I'm allowing in. Can't cope with the amount of people trying to hit our services because everybody's coming from the outside in, and our stuff's never been architected for that. So some of that changed in terms of people upgraded infrastructure. So you know they, they needed to deal with that, but we also saw that not only is the way that we work, but of course, infrastructure then evolves. So, you know, we, I mean, we did a couple of projects in we, which is we need to get 30,000 users on Teams yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. And, and the way that that project was delivered just changed, changed, yeah, was, was something that would take three years to three weeks. Uh, but, you know, you, you didn't have to be at that scale. Lots of businesses went from, we're moving to Office 365. We want Teams everywhere. We want Zoom everywhere. You know, we, we've got to, we've got to be able to give our people the tools to continue to operate. So what that's now changed is the way that our infrastructures look. So firewalls are great if everything sits behind your firewall and sits behind a perimeter. VPNs are great to a point if you want to mess around with VPNs. But actually, the world's changed. You know, most lots of our services, certainly there's very few organisations that have everything in a data centre. So lots of our services have moved to, I've got SaaS servers over here, I might have some servers in the cloud, I might have some storage in the cloud, I've got third-party services, we need to be able to collaborate. And so it's kind of made, not firewalls aren't redundant, but the idea of this secure perimeter has changed. Because, you know, I suppose you can ask the question even, where's a perimeter? Yeah, when you say perimeter, yeah. what yeah. does that mean? I, I suppose yeah. I've always, when, when we were talking about this, um, I always pictured the firewall as being a physical device sat in the office that everyone was behind. And when we were talking about the concept of this and you were like, yeah, but there's nothing behind it anymore because the people are just accessing the internet. So just trying to get my head around logically now. So we're talking a firewall, but virtually. Uh, kind of, yeah. So so Jason touched on before that these kind of this idea of the secure edge, uh, you know, this idea of zero trust network architecture. So, you know, what Jason you know, referred to the acronym SASE, ZTNA, you know, the, these are, so, so when we talk about secure edge, what, what do we mean? Um, so secure edge is let's think about it as firewall as a service. It's it, it's a little different to that. So, so SASE is bringing, so this secure edge is bringing together multiple kinds of tools. So it's bringing together things like uh, cloud access service brokers or CASB as, as people refer to them. So these are the kind of things that allow you to build application controls between your user and the SaaS platform, whether that's Office 365, Dropbox, Salesforce, you know, it doesn't really matter. So it's, but it's allowing you to do that. Yes, it brings next generation firewall capabilities, but it also brings things like um, zero trust networking capability. So it's bringing lots of these things into a central central point, and normally that central point is then delivered from the internet. So you enable a, and, and actually we've, we've just seen Microsoft take their first steps in Secure Service Edge. So they they announced a product um, back in July, which was their first step to Secure Service Edge SSE. So SASE is kind of a uh, you know, SSE is kind of a subversion of SASE as a as a broader thing, and that will start to open up for companies who've never thought about doing this before. The fact that Microsoft are putting in Microsoft three six five suddenly starts to open this thing up as an idea to say, "Oh, I've now got this new thing." Yeah, 
so I can turn it on. But what I, I suppose the question becomes: but what does it do for me? So you know, so what does Secure Edge start to deliver? Well, it starts to simplify infrastructure. It moves us away from potentially the overhead that comes with VPN. So there's big operational overhead, plus it's a cost, plus there's the firewalling. So it starts to move us away from that. But it also allows us to put the control where we need it between the things that we need to protect. Because firewalls are, even if you're using firewalls to protect cloud services, you've got this kind of trombone idea, haven't you, that everybody has to come in to go back out because you've VPNed into a thing for security and then you've gone back out. Well, you know, as your business gets bigger and your user base gets more geographically spread and your services maybe become in m- multiple locations, that's not really the route you want to go down. So, you know, these kind of things are connect to it in the internet. At the back end, you talked about SD1 before, but at the back end, you know, the idea of there's then a secure network between your edge and the way your users are connected to it through to your backend service. And they can be on-prem, you know, they, they don't have to be. So so you've kind of got that, you know, and, and you talked about zero trust, you know, do you yeah. want to explain a little more what, what we mean by that? Yeah, I mean, zero trust is the concept of we're, we're not we're not going to trust devices, we're not going to trust anything. Um, we're not going to assume that things are secure. And uh, if, if we look at traditional VPN, it would typically be if the user is connected in, they get an IP address on the LAN and they can access anything as if they're in the office. You know, I can print if I wanted to, you know, I'm sitting at home, but it's coming out of a printer in the office, but I can access the servers. And unless there's any access rules to stop me, I've got full reign access on the network. You're logically in the office. Yeah, exactly. As if I was in the office. Um, But ZTNA kind of flips that uh, the other way that says, we're not going to trust anything, even if it's in the office. Um, we're going to give this group of users access to this application um, because they need access to that application to do what, their like job. Departments, accounts into finance, okay. you know, sales into sales. Yeah. An example would be there's a, uh, a couple of file shares on a file server on-prem. Um, you've got a uh, maybe a technical share. You've got a finance share. Your finance users, there's a ZTNA rule that says if you're a finance user and you're connecting on ZTNA, you can access the finance share, but you can't access the other one. If you're in the technical department, you can come in, you can't access the finance, you can access technical. So it's kind of defining it and saying, we're not, we're not going to trust anything. We're going to set rules up about everything. Now, the benefit of that is that if you're in the office, the same rules apply. If you're remotely, the same rules apply. It, it doesn't get less secure as you're working remotely or more secure as you're working in the office. It's the same set of rules. And the benefit of it being the same set of rules is it's predictable. You can set one security policy out. You can lay it out. You can communicate it. Everyone knows how it works and it's enforced. Yeah, and, and it gives you, it kind of gives you the ability that it's constantly monitored as well. So, you know, as Jason was talking about before, you know, that idea that we, we move away from the idea of, oh, I've logged in or I'm, you know, I'm sat behind a firewall, so I must be trusted. Yeah. You can't trust this stuff all of the time because, you know, that's how malicious attacks happen. You know, they hit a trusted resource, then they start doing untrusted things. So this idea, you know, we've talked about this for a long time, but actually this idea of assume breach so within your network, when you're designing your security, whether that's users on, from home, whether that's users in office, doesn't really matter, but assume breach, assume bad guys are already behind your network protection. Mm. And then think about how do I then secure 
all of my key assets. And, and Zero Trust Network Architecture is a big part of that because it's constantly monitoring what that user is doing. If that user starts doing things that they shouldn't, well, then let's block that user's access. Yeah. We haven't just trusted him because Wayne has logged on at, you know, logged in in the office, so we'll just trust him to do whatever we want forever. But that, that's kind of the, the, the traditional security model. So what does that look like from, you know, I'm a user. Do I have an, an app? Is there an application on the device I need to open up to kind of, you know, because VPNs used to be double-click it, open it up, connect, wait for it yeah, to connect, so, and then it'd say you're online, you're safe. Is, is ZTNA, is yeah, that? So ZTNA is a lot simpler from a user okay. perspective, mainly a lot simpler um, in, mo in most instances in that because the software is already running always, all the time, okay. it, 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 it does nothing for the user to do. Um, now, a lot of the ZTNA will not only monitor what the user is doing, so user actions, but the health of the machine itself as well. Um, so you could define a rule that says you can access the, if you remember the finance department, using the example earlier, so member of the finance department can access the finance share over ZTNA, but only if their device is okay. So if their device has got recent updates applied, if it has antivirus running, which is up to date, and it's shown in good health, I'm going to allow it. If any of those conditions aren't met, I'm going to drop the connection because I'm assuming that the machine has got a virus on it. Let, let's say it has got a virus on it. Okay, so traditional VPN wouldn't necessarily stop that from connecting in. That virus then recognizes your file share and encrypts all of your data. That's a ransomware attack. ZTNA, the user comes to access the finance share. So you can't you can't access this data that's secured off. So so when you say it's always running, it's in the operating system. It's yeah, so it's uh, more often um, kind of like a an antivirus agent okay. um, running alongside. Yeah, so it's installed. It's an installed application. It will run and it will monitor the device, what's happening on the device, the health of the device, but also establish that secure encrypted connection back to the resources that it's allowed to access. Okay. And it does depend a little bit on how, how you're deploying this stuff as well and, and the kind of things you're doing. So, you know, you can have a secure edge that is pretty much just a portal. So the way you access your, you know, your SaaS application or whatever, your corporate SaaS application, you, you hit this SSE portal, you log into that, then that applies controls. You don't actually have to do anything at the, the end point for that. But if you want something like Zero Trust, then yeah, some kind of agent on there that's managing. So it's not it's not a VPN, but it's an agent on there that's monitoring behaviour. You know, if you could so you can go to all of those extents. But but I think the you know as kind of look at the you know look at wrapping up the show here. Yeah, I think some of the things that we need to think about are why this is something that's appropriate. So why why should we be considering beyond the firewall? You know, and I think we, we've touched on some great points here. The idea that actually in terms of scalability firewalls make life difficult in a hybrid yeah. world because they're difficult to scale. But actually something like Secure Edge is a cloud service. Mm. So actually if we need more users and more capacity and more throughput, well, we can just automatically scale that. Even the resource. Yeah, we're, we're within the cloud. You know, it reduces complexity. You know, you talked about at the beginning that idea of we bring VPNs in, um, but it's complexity in that. If you've got a lot of users hitting VPNs, there's a big overhead in terms of operations. There's the amount of licenses you need to buy. There's lots of things around kind of overhead and complexity. And then there's that idea of all of the model has changed. You know, our infrastructure is no longer living data centers behind firewalls. They live all over the place. Our users are in multiple locations. So we need a security architecture that matches that. And I think that's where we're going to see this kind of thing that, 
you know, SASE or SSE, you know, ZTNA, this is where we're going to start to see these things increasingly come to the fore as organisations start to think about how do I re-architect for the future that's less complicated, probably runs cheaper, runs better, gives the users, you know, something you use a lot, the idea of gives them an, mm-hmm. an excellent experience. So, but before we wrap up, I mean, it's me doing a lot of wrapping up there. Um, you know, is, is there a couple of things that you guys want to add? Is a, you know, if there's a, is a key takeaway for, for you, Jace? I feel like divide to firewalls omnipotent. It's everywhere. You've got to have it everywhere, don't you? You know, depending on, yeah, I get it now, beyond the firewall, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a, yeah. actually I think it's a great point. Yeah, you, you know, you need that security needs to live where yeah. your users and services are, as opposed to in a data center somewhere. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, takeaway some uh, some advice for me would be to understand the workloads that how your workloads have changed since COVID because they they, they have um, more cloud services and understand uh, the data that you're putting into those services as well. Um, so that if you were to look at, um, you know, uh, SASE or ZTNA, you can start to implement a policy that best reflects your infrastructure and your requirements. Yeah, well, it's great summing up, great advice as well, Jay. So um, so guys, thanks for that. I think it's been a great chat uh, and no doubt this will be a topic that we we come back and revisit. Yeah. Um, but if you enjoyed the show, and I'm sure you have, then uh, make sure you don't miss future episodes of Tech Takeaway. So do subscribe. You can subscribe here on YouTube or you can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts. But for now, thanks for watching.